This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 1237 of Horse Tip Daily, your almost everyday morsel of helpful hints, useful facts, and practical techniques for horse folks. Brought to you today by Bed in a Box. horse people. Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is an excerpt from the Haggard Horse Health Report on Horses in the Morning. Dr. Slovis joins the Hit'em crew with an explanation of what EHV is and what owners need to know and do to protect their horses. You know, we're, we're so happy to be doing this uh, collaboration with Haggard and to really cover some topics that uh, we've talked about in the past on the show, but th- that we can take a new look at today, like we're going to talk about EHV1. Yeah, so, so to kind of give everybody an overview of what EHV is. All right. Well, pretty much uh, what EHV stands for is equine herpes virus. All right. And it you know, and herpes virus can come in many different forms. In horses, now I'm not talking about donkeys, in horses there's five forms. So it's anything from respiratory problems to venereal disease to neurological form. So they, and then there's some that can cause you to get fibrosis or the horse to get fibrosis in the lungs. They call it pulmonary fibrosis. And so what we talk about, and they're easy to remember, they're equine herpes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. And I'm sure there's others out there that we're, we're studying. I'm sure in the next decade there are going to be more numbers attached to the equine herpes virus. But when you think of problems with horses or the thing that gets the headlines is equine herpes type 1 and equine herpes type 4. Those are the ones we vaccinate for. When you think of the venereal disease, you can't vaccinate for that. That's type 3. Uh, type 2, a lot of foals have it. It can be immunosuppressive. So it just, oh, it just lowers your immune system when you're affected with it and can make you more susceptible to other infections. And that's equine herpes 2. Then equine herpes 5 is one in older horses can cause some pulmonary changes, lung changes, and get fibrosis in your lungs. If, you get, if it's severe enough, by the time you find it, it's too late. You know, the, the permanent changes are there. And those are for older. And then when you talk about for donkeys, you have uh, three forms there. Uh, it's type 1, 2, and 3. It's specifically for donkeys, and it's closely related to equine herpes 1 in horses. So those are the kinds of herpes there are. You think about five kinds. The Number one is the one that can cause respiratory signs as well as neurological signs. But to confuse the issues... There have been cases of equine type 4, equine herpes type 4, which is primarily known for uh, respiratory signs. Equine herpes type 4 can also cause neurological signs. And then to kick it all off, equine herpes 1 can also cause abortions. And that's a big thing that we're worried about here in, uh, in Lexington or any breeding now, establishment. Don't, isn't there a vaccination for that, though? If people vaccinate there are, appropriately. Correct, yep. There's a variety of vaccines that are out in the market that can protect against type 1 So uh, that are out there now. And now with all these different drug companies buying other drug companies up, they always change the names. But there's a product called Numabort, which is very high load 
of dead virus particles that you can inject your horse with and you can get a good protection to help prevent the abortions. But unfortunately, there's absolutely no vaccine in the market that can protect you against neurological form. Absolutely none. There's, there's some studies that so, says one of the vaccines may help protect you. But again, it's one study with a handful of horses, and that's a modified live one called Rhinomune. But again, it's such a small study group. Um, bottom line is all the experts say you really can't protect it right now against so, the neurological form. So when we're seeing all of these EHV is shutting down facilities and quarantines going on, which form is that? And what are the symptoms that we can be looking for? Uh, all right. So what's going on? You were just talking about Payson uh, Park, you know, the thoroughbred training center down in Southern California that just had a uh, recent case of uh, herpes diagnosed there, EHV-1. And so we're talking about type 1. That's the one that people get nervous about because it has many different uh, facets to it, which means it can cause abortions, it can cause uh, respiratory signs, and it can cause neurological signs. And the big thing is when you have neurological signs, it can kill horses. So that's what gets scary. So that's why and it's very highly contagious. But it's easily killed. You can kill it really easy with any of the disinfectants that are out in the market now. It's a wimp. You can kill it so easy. But that's the thing that is closing down the, the tracks. And the reason they're closing down the tracks is because it's very contagious. You can have it in your hands and pass it from horse to horse if you don't wash your hands properly. And the signs are they're very vague. You have a fever. The horse ships on in and you have a fever. And you think, well... Is that really herpes, or is that just because you got some low-grade pneumonia after a 10-hour trip from the Northeast down to Florida to get ready for your horses to be trained? You know, there's a variety of different causes for fevers, and 99% of them are, are no big deal. But the 1%, so to speak, can be the herpes virus, and that's where what happens is a horse has a fever. Your veterinarian is doing blood workup, trying to figure out why. A day or two goes by, and the next thing you know, you have herpes virus. And you had a few days that went by that maybe people weren't wearing gloves, weren't uh, properly washing their hands. Because how many people do that with a horse that has a fever? Not many people do that. And so they can spread it from horse to horse to horse. And there's a lot of traffic on the on the track. And if a horse is galloping by another horse and he blows his nose or something, that can aerosolize. And this herpes virus can spread 15 feet or so. And it can spread to another horse. And it just keeps going. And the crazy thing is, you know, when it comes to herpes viruses, once they get that virus um, and it's active, you know, it can go get into na nasal secretions within 24 hours. Within 24 hours, a horse could start to be spreading it. So, oh, my gosh. You, you, you know, so you can see how it can amp on up. So that's why it scares people. But if you take proper precautions, it's not going to go wildfire in your barn. If you take proper precautions, and that's the key, well, you know, the proper precautions. I can tell you years ago, before we knew more a lot about the herpes virus, you know, we had slings in our main barn here at Haggard's that we would get known herpes viruses into our, into our facility. We would put them in a sling. And back then, the thought was once a horse is neurologic, they can't spread the disease. I mean, that was the thought years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what? The group in Ohio State learned, learned it, learned that oh, that yeah. was not the fact. 
because that was the Finley horse outbreak. That at Finley College, you had a bunch of horses get sick. They isolated herpes. Some of them got neurologic. They brought them to Ohio State. Uh, you know, and so at that time at the veterinary school, they didn't take proper biosecurity, thinking just like everybody else did that you didn't have to. You know, it wasn't going to spread. Well, it spread like wildfire. And these horses could shed up to 21 days after infected. So that's another thing. That's why they put a quarantine on them for 21 days. Because it's been shown that these horses can shed the virus up to 21 days. Even if they get over the illness, they can still shed it. But what I was trying to get back to was we used to have these animals in slings here at Haggard's with our other horses. Our protocol here at Haggard's, because I'm the biosecurity officer, so we need to protect our hospital from disease. So we always wore gloves. We always had hand wipes by the stall. And you know what? These are animals that were severely infected with herpes virus, that were in a sling. This is before we knew all this info. And we didn't have any outbreaks in our barns. We didn't have any problems because guess what? We washed our hands and we took the simple precautions. And, and Way to go, biosecurity officer. Good job. Oh, oh yeah, watch watch out. Exactly. But no. <laughs> but I mean that's a, that's a simple thing. People get paranoid, people get scared because of a lack of knowledge. Okay, and, well uh, tr- and, 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 and and they get uh, they get frantic. They start moving horses when they shouldn't move horses, just hold tight, you're gonna be fine. Use proper hand hygiene and I, you you'll stop this dead in its tracks. Now is there a treatment for it? it? EHV one, yeah, great, great, yeah. No, there is. There, there are some antiviral therapies on out there. There's human antivirals. One of the most common one is valcyclovir, and uh, but treatment is not cheap. You know, it can run depending on where your source is, anywhere from a hundred to two hundred dollars a day, and mm-hmm. usually you treat for seven to fourteen days, depending on the severity of the horse. So, there is some treatment if your horse has it. You can try to do the antivirals. And at the same time, um, you can do supportive care, fluid therapy, anti-inflammatories, anything you do to help prevent the inflammation of that brain um, because and, and your spinal cord. Because What's... that's where the herpes virus uh, attacks are the blood vessels supplying the uterus and the foal, the blood vessels in the, the spinal cord and the brain. It can affect those areas. And it's just essentially you're getting a stroke. You know, you're disrupting the blood flow. How many? What so, percentage do we uh, do we lose a lot with EHV one, or is you know? Uh, uh, you had an excellent question. We've been looking at the outbreaks, and this is going back on outbreaks from Finley uh, years ago in two thousand and I think it was two thousand and six. We had one at Turfway Park, and you look at the morbidity is is uh, what I'm talking about. Mortality is you're talking less than 10%, okay. you know, 10% or so that get the disease. If they get neurologic, they, they may end up um, succumbing to the disease and, and die. But again, it's not, you know, a lot of these animals can end up uh, surviving and, and do, do okay. But the mortality is going to be less than 10%. Most of the time, it's less than 5% of the affected animals, you know, when you're looking at outbreaks. So is there is there like a long term effect of say you have a performance horse that's going out and running eventing and comes down with it will it ever event at the same level again? Oh, great! Another great question. And that that was they looked at some of the data on the Finley horses because they had a 
bunch of horses that were affected up in the, uh, up at uh, the Finley College up in Ohio. And so what they did, out of the 32 animals that were neurologic, they did a six-month evaluation. And they, they could only follow 26 of them that were available for an exam. They didn't want to do a phone call exam. They, the vets want to go out there and take a look. All right? So eight of those horses... They had mild grades of neurological condition. All of them were 100% in six months, okay? Uh, you're looking at another six that had uh, neurologic, which if you took the horse out of the stall, it may trip or stumble on itself. Uh, all the horses were back at work and doing well. Huh. And the worst of the worst horses, I'm talking horses that you didn't want to get in the stall because they may fall down on you. Um Half of them were back in full work in six months, and the other half were still recovering. So, lesson to be told, if you've got mild neurological conditions, you should be able to make a full recovery. So, ones that have severe, severe neuro neurological uh, disease, 50% of them, at least at six-month recheck, will get back and have no deficits and be able to be ridden and or they may not have no deficits. They may have such a mild deficit, but they could still be ridden. And, uh, and go back into full work. So the moral of the so, story again, that I'm hearing is don't panic. Uh, you know, uh, call your vet. Get yeah. them out there before you panic. Uh, you can panic after your vet yeah, gives yeah. you permission, but don't panic yeah, first. Yeah, yeah okay. exactly. All right, all right. exactly. And, and horses will not shed the virus until they start spiking. And most of the time, in, it's not 100% true, but majority of the cases are once a horse spikes a fever, then they'll start shedding the virus. So the main thing is, if you have an outbreak situation, just monitor your horse's temperatures. If you start spiking a fever, then you can talk to your veterinarian and decide do you put them on treatment early with antivirals if you can afford it, or do you revaccinate them? Do you put them on some immuno boosters? There's a product called Xylexis that's out there on the market that's been proven to show to fight against EHV4, type 4, but we don't know about type 1. But the viruses are so closely related, you would think it can cross-react and, and boost the horse's natural immunity against herpes virus type 1. So there's different products on out there that you and your veterinarian can talk about the hell to prevent your horse from getting sick, or if it already has a fever, about how to prevent it from getting uh, worse off. And again, not every horse that gets herpes virus, is EHV1, is going to get neurologic. You know, not every one of them is going to get, going to get that, you know, uh, right. just because you're exposed. Yeah. All right. Very good. So, well, you we can you can find out more also by visiting the website at h a g y a r d dot com. Haggard dot com is where is the website. There's more information on there about uh, everything that goes on over there as well. Thank you so much for joining us, Doctor Slovis. This has been uh, an interesting experience, and we're very happy to have you on board. Well, there you have it. You can find links to today's guests as well as lots more tips at horsetipdaily.com. Make sure to have all of your favorite Horse Radio Network shows with you wherever you go by downloading the free Horse Radio Network app for iPhone or Android. Just go to your app store and search Horse Radio Network. You can also subscribe via iTunes. Support for this podcast was provided by bedinabox.com and listeners like you. This is Coach Jen, and I'll be back again soon with another tip. So until then... Go ride your horse!
The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. 